You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With the pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career. But look at him smiling. We go my way. Another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach. And we are a Carmelo Stanthony podcast, but, you know, occasionally talk fantasy basketball. Natty, how you doing? Howdy, what's up, dude? Doing just fine. And I'd just like to get a head start and say that Carmelo Anthony was the best fantasy sleeper this year. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Yep. Yep. That's on brand. That that makes sense. Yep. That's on brand. Uh, yeah, we've got 16 some odd games left. I think yeah. 17 actually. Uh, and I figured, and, and Natty wants me to stress this, I, <laughs> Peter Rogers, figured now would be a great time to talk some NBA awards for the year. So without further ado, we'll get right into it. And it's time for our suck it, Bill Simmons. Way too early NBA <laughs> award picks. Uh, I've heard rivalries are good for podcast business for, for listenership. So I figured why not pick a beef with, uh, with Bill Simmons and try to see if we can garner some listenership through that. Well, as a Pistons fan and a bad boys ultra fan, I would just like to say that we tend to be very polite and try to convince <laughs> others rather yes. than that, that jump right like into conflict. Yeah. Absolutely. That, we that prefer to like be clean wheelhouse. and nice and polite. Um, you know, you go ahead, have your basket shot attempt right now. That's I feel fine. like when and people we'll describe uh, Ben Wallace, that's the first thing they say. Absolutely. You've never met a nicer, more polite and civil gentleman than big Ben Wallace. I'm sure he he's apologized like a every time person. he stuffed someone. <laughs> Absolutely rejected. I feel like Ben Wallace could be one of those people who off the court is just like a really nice dude. And then on the court, is it fucking menace? Like Bill Russell was that way, where he would just like work himself into like a frenzy of bloodlust and then just go out and eviscerate people. But off the court, he's such a nice guy. Yeah, I feel like we tend to cast like defense first dudes as like we're hard on the court, but then we're just like big care bears off of it. And I I do sometimes wonder about that because it's like some of like Kobe was, you know, Kobe super was, intense and was a fucking menace off the court too. But then he seemed to turn like mellow as soon as he retired. Right. Um, right. And like same with Kevin Garnett sort of <laughs> sort of uh, Kevin Garnett still is <laughs> is uh likes to be hard. I I mean that's just how some people are wired. And with Big Ben, he had that strange thing going on with his hair when like the NBA was like, you can do this, you can't do that and all this other bullshit. And meanwhile, he's this like sort of short center who's the best defensive player in the NBA for basically over a five year stretch. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
you knew and he knew that he was limited offensively, but he also knew I'm better at defense than almost anybody is at anything else. And so it was like leaning into that made so much sense. And he really just struck me as I, obviously he played hard, but it was also just that he played so smart Mm -hmm. and he's just, it's sort of like Draymond, like, like, you know, Draymond has a tough reputation, but he's also probably one of the 10 smartest dudes in basketball. Yeah. Should we actually get to some awards? Let's do it. (laughs) Uh, we'll start with obviously the MVP because it's the most valuable, valuable award. It's the most valuable player. Uh, there used to be no debate on this. Now there seems like there might be a slight debate, but I will on this way too early podcast, uh, (laughs) in spite of you, (laughs) exactly. In spite of Bill Simmons, uh, my MVP pick is still Giannis. Uh, I'm going by, even if the Bucks don't win 70 plus games, which I still think they will. Giannis is the most valuable player on that team and in the league, because without him, that team maybe wins 50 ish games. Like if you take LeBron, cause it's, it's now seems like a, a Giannis LeBron race. And if you take LeBron off the Lakers, they're worse, obviously, but they still have Anthony Davis, which, and, and, veteran role players and we've seen that team be fine like without Giannis it's Chris Middleton and is Chris Middleton good enough Uh-oh. to don't talk shit we know what bus? happens when we doubt Chris Middleton this is true this is true and I would hate for Chris Middleton to listen to this podcast internalize all of this I say and then bust it out on the Celtics at some point but yeah, uh, he'll win MVP, right? Just exactly. Because of this, <laughs> he's Fuck about to put Pete, together man. the most absurd sixteen <laughs> games of in an NBA history. But and not only just because Giannis is you know proud or his 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 value in the Bucks, he's also I mean he's averaging twenty nine point six points. He's averaging thirteen point seven boards, five point eight assists, and what two stocks a game. And you know what I love to see, Natty. What's that? 30% from three, shooting almost nice. five attempts per game. I love to see that shit. Uh, so I think I understand he just won it last year, and the narrative could be there for LeBron. It's quickly establishing itself. I'm still on the Giannis train. Uh, tough but fair. Um, Giannis is averaging 30.9 minutes per game. And I am... On the other side, I think that this is LeBron. I think he's going to win. Well, actually, let me back up a sec. Sorry. Whichever team wins 70 games, if either team does, I think that person, LeBron or Giannis, will win the MVP. If both teams win 70 or if neither win 70, then I think it will be LeBron because Giannis has not played nearly as much. And Giannis's on-off numbers aren't as good as LeBron. And I don't think they're as good as Chris Paul's either. Mm. Um, Like Chris Paul has a ridiculous, like plus 10 on off. Like when Uh, he's not Chris Paul's amazing resurgent season, which Natty wrote about, which you should go read on fake teams.com. Yeah. And a bunch of other people wrote about him this week. Nope. nope. Natty, we don't talk about anyone on this podcast (laughs) other than fake teams writers. And when we're throwing shade at Bill Simmons. 
Well, I do think that the reason that a bunch of people were talking about Chris Paul this week is because they were thinking about the MVP and they were looking at all of the teams because they're just like you and I, where it's like, yeah, it's Braun and Giannis and nobody else. And they're like, oh, wait a second, Oklahoma City, yeah. like, they, they could get home court advantage that in the first round. Like they're one of the best teams in the NBA. Maybe we should look at Chris Paul's numbers and see what's going on there. And all and every single one of his numbers is amazing. He's one mm-hmm. of the most clutch players in the league. But to return to Giannis and Braun, I do think it's a neck and neck race. Um, some people on this podcast have been talking about LeBron being the MVP all season long and never bought the Anthony Davis bullshit. Um, My goodness, who is who is that? I, I don't know. I think it was a guest. Yeah, we, <laughs> we booked them a long time ago. Yes, the many guests that we have on this show. Exactly. Uh, but Braun has, I mean, this is going to go back to like, what is an MVP, but Braun has had to play more for his team. And I just think that the Bucks, it's not like the Bucks are still good without Giannis or that, you know, they could still, I, I think they could win a first round series against the eighth seed without Giannis, but like, that's as far as they could go. Um, the Bucks supporting cast is better than we think it is. and. I just feel like LeBron has the narrative at this point. Yeah, that I agree with. And, you know, it's when you start counting up all these little differences, I do think that there's more weight in LeBron uh, than for Giannis. But having said that, if Giannis wins 70 games and LeBron doesn't, that matters. That matters big time. Yeah. No, I think we have both expressed the right argument for those two guys. Like, I think that's, I think that's who the race comes down to. And I think you're right that it's first person to 70 wins wins. And if both guys go, then I ultimately, I think LeBron probably wins it uh, just because the narrative is there. And because people are going to be like, you know, you'll get the, the age aspect come in where it's like, Giannis is 25 years old. Mm-hmm. He's got so much, you know, basketball in front of him. He's going to win plenty of, uh, you know, MVPs down the road. He just won one last year. This is like LeBron's final chance, really. You know, we say that, but he could also play another right. 10 years and we wouldn't like bat an eye at that. Totally. But, you know, this would put him at five, which tied, you know, he's then second most in NBA history, I think, uh, tied with, you know, the esteemed elite of the, uh, of the Basketball Association. So, I think, honest, honestly, whoever wins between LeBron or Giannis, it's not as if it's not as if one of the you know the other is more deserving. Like these are both both guys have been balling out all year long, and it's just a matter of whose narrative is better. And they're both on the number one teams, right? Um, like both of these teams seem dominant, and I think a lot of people had the Bucks as the number one seed before the season started, but were less sure of the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Like the Lakers roster just didn't seem as nearly as complete um, or geometrically pleasing as the Bucks roster did, nice. and it still doesn't really. Um, I also think that there will be a Kobe effect, and that if there's you. Know, out there thinking 50% for LeBron for Giannis and they you know 70 games doesn't enter into it then I think Kobe will weight the scales and it'll feel good for people to honor LeBron as the new face of the Lakers 
and in the same season that they lost the old face. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to rookie of the year. Uh, who we had RJ talked Barrett. about. We, <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? Sorry. Uh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't throw any shade at the Knicks. Um, we talked about this on an earlier show a while ago, and we were both thinking like it's what Zion would have to do in order to take it from John Morant, given how much time he missed. And Natty, I have to tell you, I kind of think Zion's done that. <laughs> Dude. He's it's hard. At- it's hard not to look at Zion's numbers since he's at, you know, since he's been playing and be like, it's going to be really like, how does he not win rookie of the year? So he'll have like 35 games under his belt when the season is over. And if he keeps scoring 23 points per game, then 20, yeah, I kind of feel like we, and Oh, and this, like if the Pelicans actually make the playoffs, right. then you have to, oh, give it to yeah, him. he's locked, locked and loaded. If he carries, if he leads this Pelicans team, you know, to dethrone John Moran, and the Grizzlies from the eighth seed, then it's all yeah. but his. I mean, he is his numbers. I'm looking at them right now. 23.6 points, 6.8 rebounds, 2.2 assists. He's averaging one in some change stocks per game. But the thing like 46% from three. Yes. He's taking like an attempt a game, yeah. but 58% from the, from the field, 29 yeah. minutes, 19. Like, ah, yeah. It's, if Dude, you were 62 the, true shooting percentage right. and, it, and just uh, the impact that he immediately had on that team. It's hard. It's hard not to be like, yep, this is exactly the rookie of the year Zion that we thought he was going to be. And he's come straight into the league and has done everything we could have imagined and more. It, that team looks like it has such a bright future, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yes. Like, which is which is beautiful, and I understand. Like, honestly, maybe the NBA rigged the lottery balls to to help out the Pelicans, but I'm okay with it. Like, you yeah, know, you, sure, they got they got their arm twisted to get Anthony Davis out of there, but uh, it's be- it's wonderful to see the fact that this team who traded you know traded a, uh, Anthony Davis got back pieces. Those pieces have been thriving, mm-hmm. and you pair that with Zion and everything just works well. They all work very well together. It's, this is a team that they can keep this Brandon Ingram, Lonzo ball, Zion Williams core together. This team is, I mean, has a huge future in front of them. I really want them to keep JJ's playoff streak alive. That would be incredible. Um, I mean, you it talk about who's really been on the. Like they need him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you talk about who's been on the uh, LeBron MVP train the earliest. We've been on the Pelicans playoff pl- train For since sure. the beginning of time. He, it, it's it's so funny how well this team is coached under such turmoil. Like Alvin Gentry's just done a great job. Yeah, and e- even though the win loss record doesn't really reflect it, uh, doesn't really reflect how good the team is you can tell that all of the young guys are advancing steadily. They're Mm -hmm. all improving. I mean, Brandon Ingram looks fucking wet. He is so goddamn good. I'm so happy that that happened. And Lonzo has looked a lot better. He, I, I still feel like I would trade him before I traded drew, but um, he, he looks great. And the whole team, they're just fun to watch, you know, and that's a really big, 
uh, point in their favor going forward. Like they'll be on national TV all the time. Oh my God. They're going to be, yes. Yeah. They're going to be like with, I mean, hopefully with better results, but they're going to be the, this year's Browns. We're like the Browns were like this, the up and coming team that everyone's like, yes, put them in all the primetime games. Then they ultimately shat the bed, but that's because of the Browns, but the Pelicans are going to be in every (laughs) primetime game uh, next year because this, this squad is just, they're young and they're too exciting. Um, And with Zion having a full year under his belt, they're going to be all over it. Yeah, like they would comfortably be a playoff team, I think, if he had played all year oh, with these numbers. I, um, I would don't see why how they couldn't be. And it's a little bit, set, you know, like, oh, look at the brand new thing when for the first three quarters of the season or the first half of the season, we were saying, oh, John ja Morant is incredible. Sure. And John ja Morant is, is incredible. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that, like, if the Pelicans actually make the play... Zion looks like he could be like 17 tiers above John ja Morant's ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if the Pelicans make the playoffs and that will be proved like this is almost like a college setting for these two. It's like, yeah, whichever one of your teams advances more like that's who's the better player is. That's how we're going to decide it. Um, and it's, it's just awesome. I didn't look up how many games they play against each other going forward. Should have done that. Those are, that's going to be must watch television. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Uh, let's move on to Defensive Player of the Year, Natty. Who's your pick for for this coveted award? I think it comes down to Giannis and AD, and I'm going with Giannis. He just yeah. changes the entire basketball court. And I mean, you can use my argument from before he doesn't play as much, and use it against me saying this now. But purely as a defensive player the whole game changes when Giannis is on the court. He can guard everybody. And that is, you know, that's the most valuable F. Do you, uh, you? do you, do you want some, do you want some high level stats? Oh, sure. Give them to me. Some advanced Give me like some, some DRA for basketball players. Let me, let me hit you with some uh, defensive opponent field goal percentage. Sure. Zero. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like they don't even try it's they just zero field goal yeah. attempts yeah Giannis is not allowed a single bucket this entire season no he I believe it he leads the league in in people and players who've played at least 50 games he leads the league 36 percent um mm. and he normally he's according to nba.com advanced stats he's got 10.5 defensive field goals uh attempts per game that that he deals with um so I, his point different or his field goal differential is is best in the league. He's forty five point eight percent, and he's allowing thirty six point one. I do want to give a shout out because I gave him much shade to start the season, and I got to and he's on my fantasy team, so I got to give him love. Rudy Gobert is sure. one, two, three, four, fifth in the league in fewest and lowest defensive field goal allowed. He's allowing forty percent, and he's at, and he's going up against twenty. Point four attempts, uh, according to again, NBA advanced stats. So he's by far getting seeing seeing the most shot attempts naturally as a center guarding the paint, uh, but is also allowing one of the lowest uh, field. But he's also won the last like what three years. Yeah, and they haven't looked great. Um, I wonder if he's just getting tired because everyone's running past Boyan Bogdanovich like right into it. Um, 
Yeah, Shade. the Jazz. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the Jazz just look discombobulated, and it's like three of their parts are working at any given time, but then the other two like plummet. And you know, I I don't think that you can give Defensive Player of the Year to Gobert when there's this bad taste in everybody's mouth over like what has happened in Utah this year. Like they just, I mean, I'll do credit to Bill Simmons. It's like what the eye test does work. Like Giannis (laughs) is a better defender this year. Matty, this is not how we build the rivalry by starting. I know. I'm so sorry. It's Midwest. And then immediately. (laughs) You're going to have to get used to this living in Ann Arbor, man. It's like, no, 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 you go ahead. I'm bringing the East coast asshole to Ann Arbor. There you go. Boston. Yeah. Boston. Well, speaking of Boston, let's go to most improved because there's only one man who deserves to win the most improved award. Jalen Brown. Jalen motherfucking Brown. It has His to best be. friend, Jason Tatum. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not really like you could go with someone like Christian Wood some dude that came out of nowhere. No, but that's, you couldn't do that. That's, that's easy. Dumb, it's a dumb take. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's like, you know, technically, like all of his nope, numbers. Nope, Maddie, this is dumb. Stop. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> also, I think you could make a case for LeBron because he changed Shut the up. type of player he Get is. Out of here. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, how about this? How about Russell Westbrook, who improved his efficiency by a lot just because he you know, decided to play like a center sort of, uh, no, but you're, you're right. It has to be Tatum. It's the guy, it's the guy who's averaging 23 a game this season, who's just gone on a tear recently. So that number is even higher. If you look in recent games, Yeah, was 15 a game last year and his shoot, he's shooting more attempts. He's shooting at a better percentage. Like he, his whole game has changed and his also fundamentally sound and making huge plays on the defensive end. He is the guy who went from, all right, let's see this guy reach, you know, the highs we think to this is a budding superstar superstar and one of, you know, on his way to being a top 10 player in the league. He looks better than he did in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Back in his rookie year, yeah. Yeah, which is what everybody was hoping. Um, He, everyone has, well, not everyone, but uh, people that watch the Celtics have sort of been waiting for this moment where he oh, yeah. like finally just sort of bursts out of his shell like oh, that yeah. raptor in Jurassic Park. And it's like, okay, nice. yeah, this is an apex predator. Um, and the Celtics, while they can definitely work when he's off the court, just because they have so many interchangeable people because they're such a well-constructed team, uh, you can tell, like if you put other team, he would take them to the playoffs. He oh, just yeah. looks like that kind of player. Um I, I would say, though, that I think my number two wouldn't be that far behind Tatum, and it's Brandon Ingram. Yeah. And I think that's just, both of these extremely young players look like they're going to be worthy successors to the current faces of the NBA. Yeah. I mean, it like it, it it's weird to think that those players like won't be in the playoffs all the time over the next decade if they keep right. playing like this or get better. Totally. I mean, and. And we'll we'll talk more about Brandon Ingram. Spoiler alert, because we're going to get into Uh-oh. best fantasy sleeper, but uh, and and do some fantasy awards. But it is on some level like I love the fact that he got out of L.A. and was able to blossom and is, is yeah. being his best self in New Orleans. But you also can't help but 
think that wouldn't it be great for that Celtics Lakers rivalry to be having Brandon Ingram and Jason Tatum like ascending simultaneously at the same and you're just like these two guys it's it's the magic and Larry where hopefully you're getting sure multiple final games out of each other you know it, it, it would have been fun instead we get Tatum and Kuzma <laughs> yeah who is a fantasy bust basically oh yeah um I will say this I do kind of think the Pelicans match up pretty well with the Celtics. Oh, I'm, like I don't know how you defend Zion. No, we I throw Anus Canner at him. <laughs> right, but you have to actually physically throw him at him. Right, like literally. you're just it picking was, up chairs exactly, and like whatever you can exactly. grab. No, the only man uh, yeah. who could have covered him was Yabuselli, but then we got rid of them <laughs> and you know what when you even have to say that sentence that's a bad sign yeah or <laughs> but, somehow um, you know having said that who who in the right. nba can or somehow him. marcus so, smart is going to be able to just like shut him down and you're just gonna be like marcus stop stop this <laughs> stop stop breaking our minds i mean marcus smart thinks he's the best player on every team and that's just awesome I, <laughs> that's incredible god damn what a great dude um mm. but yeah it is I, I do kind of feel like it's just a two-man race, and I'm just saying that because I love Brandon Ingram so much. Like, is yeah. there anybody else in the league no. that you think could – like, who would even be your three? Like, I think at that point you're just taking dudes that, like, burst out of nowhere, like Davis Bertans, you know, sure. or – Yeah, um, no, I I mean, I, I literally picked this cat picked this because I was like, Jason Tatum needs an award, and I was like, I'm not thinking anymore about it. How about Chris Middleton? Would he be top four? Yeah, no, he wouldn't. Shut up. I I know, but like we were all, I mean, I said before the season, I'd rather have. No, you're right. Yeah. No, he he could, he could, I mean, at least get a sniff at it. Yeah. I think that'll be an interesting top five when they release the numbers because um, it'll show us like what kind of improvement people are valuing right 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 now. Right, right, right. Yep. Uh, All right, let's talk some fantasy awards. Before that, we're going to take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back. We're going to talk some fantasy awards now we've been covering. We covered MVP, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. Obviously, you all knew that, unless for some reason you decided to cut to the middle of the show and tune in. (laughs) I don't know. Start with the ad. Right, exactly. Or maybe you were just like, all right, we can't listen to the early parts because we're Bill Simmons stands, and now we're going to listen to the uh, fantasy stuff, which <laughs> this is still in the shade. We're still throwing shade at you, Bill. Uh, best fantasy sleeper. I have three guys who I was kind of picking from, and they're all at different spectrums of, not all at different spectrums, but they're kind of in different realms of ADP and final standings. I was thinking between Hassan Whiteside, Brandon Ingram, who we've talked about, and then 
the guy who I think I'm ultimately going to go with as the best fantasy sleeper is a guy who came entirely out of nowhere uh, to be currently what? Where is he? Currently, he's currently 38th in ESPN player Raider, and he was undrafted unless you were an, somehow a freakishly avid Hornets fan. Devontae Graham. Sure. Came absolutely out of nowhere and is a top 50 player, top 40 player in fantasy this year. You got to give the man some love. So I'll give him Brandon Ingram and, and Hassan Whiteside. Both are like top 20 guys and were drafted behind outside of the top 50. I think uh, Whiteside was like 65 on average and, and Ingram was in the hundreds, but uh, an undrafted player making his way into a top 50 fantasy player. Clearly Devonte Graham is winning it for me for sure. And there's more than a few of those guys this year, like Bertans, like we mentioned, uh, Duncan Robinson, another undrafted dude. Your boy. Who, yeah. Go blue. Um, and there were some, you know, higher owned play like Kelly Oubre had a fucking great year yeah, and outperformed his ADP. And OG Ananobi looks like he's getting better. I mean, Marcus Smart outperformed his ADP, obviously, just like we kept telling people he would. Mm-hmm. Um, so did Brolo. Bob Covington, man. Like he that's it's that's your nice boy. that he's that's in liver, Houston. You live or die with the Bob. That trade, like him and Malik Beasley, like improved yeah. their values so, so much, much with those trades. It's unreal. Um, I think though, what who I'm gonna say is CP3 because mm. I just wrote about him, and also he is the only guy in the top 13 of ESPN Basic for the season, the player raider for the season. He's the only guy in the top 13 that was taken after pick 50 in average reference like he's returned he was taken after thomas bryant in some drafts you know like no one really believed in him to be an elite offensive or fantasy force anymore and god damn has he proven them wrong he's so fucking great my god and they play a three-guard lineup like they play a weird style that doesn't really get talked about because Houston went nuts and like there's rookies everywhere and you well, know they also, Giannis I like they, versus Braun. Yeah, they've also they've also been doing it for the whole you know, like the, the yeah. Hornets thing got so everyone went ape shit for that because they in the middle of the season were like, All right, bye Clint Capella, we're just gonna go small. Whereas the Thunder have all have been for the whole season doing this three guard lineup and it's been working. And it's also because this is what you know when you lose Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and James Harden, like Oklahoma City, not exactly a mainstay or uh, or you know uh, one of the premier franchises, so it kind of falls by the wayside because it thinks. But they're not; they're they're one of the best teams in the West, and it all comes down to CP3, who, if you took a bet on him in fantasy, he certainly paid that off handsomely. And OKC has had such a plethora of players of elite standing go through them since they yeah. moved to Oklahoma city. It is nuts. Like you mentioned Westbrook, Harden, KD, Paul George, uh, yeah. Serge Ibaka, Carmelo, Anthony, Carmelo, Anthony, obviously. And now CP three along with Danilo Gallinari, who's a real player and SGA just yep. looks absolutely looks amazing. Incredible. It's uh, really a testament to the front office that they've had so many good players on that squad in such a short amount of time. Um, and, you know, all due credit to Billy Donovan, uh, the Thunders coach, who I never really liked. 
Um, but this is amazing. This is a good coaching job. It is you're you're playing an unorthodox style and you're winning with it. That comes down to coaching. Yeah. And also, like the national media all sort of thought that the Thunder wouldn't be a playoff team. So all of the stories about Chris Paul before the season were, oh, he loves being back in OKC, you know, because of Katrina and like all this other stuff. And it's like no one was taking them seriously, even though they had at least three legitimate players. They they look like a dangerous playoff team. Like I do not want to play them in the playoffs they sort of feel like the pacers in that regard or if the pacers were actually healthy where it's just like tough ass guards man like yeah it's real tough to play the and a strong interior defender they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs they are they are uh and you and you know cp3 is going to have some games where he just gets his shit done and keeps them in it dude and if he stays healthy through the playoffs that'll be the for the first time in a couple of years and Mm -hmm. You know, if he hadn't gotten hurt in Houston, who knows what would have happened. But he just makes every team lethally dangerous. And on any given night, they can he'll be the best player on the court. Uh if you're gonna if we're gonna talk fantasy sleepers, we gotta talk fantasy bus. Natty, who is your biggest bus for the year? <sighs> this this is tough. It's sad. You LeBron? know LeBron? Really? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Blake. He was garbage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Trash. Um, I have more than like if you people that got hurt, like Kyrie. Like, sure. I, I was trying to not pick Kyrie, like yeah. Joel, Ben, like guys. Totally. Yeah. yeah Marcus all. Yeah. Um, I, I'm also going to include Mike Conley in that because I just don't feel hmm. like, okay. He's done. I feel like so poorly the for the first boss. half that I think he was injured. Oh, so okay. I don't want to blame him for that. Like he just looks so, I mean, it's 13 points per game, four assists per game and 40% field goal percentage on the year. Yeah. That's, and he was a top 75 player in drafts. Um, Kuzma, like he's shooting under 30% from three. He was number 89 in ADP. That, that really sucks. Uh, Josh Richardson has not been not nearly as good as I had hoped he would be in Philadelphia, but my biggest bust is one of my fantasy boyfriends. Oh no. This guy I've believed in for a long are. time. Let's hear it. It's another jazz. It's Joe Ingles. Yeah. He was drafted in the top hundred and on the year he's averaging nine points per game, but with five dimes and four boards and almost a 43 point percentage. But it's just like from night to night, he can be dreadful to barely helpful and then he'll score 20 points once um i really thought that he was going to be an instrumental and vital force for the utah jazz and when they've started him he has been they are better when he starts but he's just been a bust this year like you have to face facts he's not been nearly as good as i had hoped he would be yeah Nope, I totally agree with that. And he's been a guy, last year, I had great success picking him up off waivers and yeah. he put together a great season. And then this year, I had him a couple times and every time, you know, he'd give me one good game and then would just kind of do a whole bunch of average. And you're like, nope, I'm sorry, Joe. This isn't worthy of a roster spot. And you're right. He was, he looked really good. He looked super promising. It looked like he had this role that he was thriving in and somehow that has all changed and he's just not as uh, productive. Like he's a worthy assist streamer 
Yeah. Like if you're in the playoffs or about to go into the playoffs, he's a useful player to have in fantasy just as a guy that can give you dimes. Sure. But it's, uh, man, it, for having a roster spot the whole year, it has not been fun. But I love him. He's one of my boyfriends, and I will never give up on him ever. Um, My guy drafted average ADP 45. Hmm. And he is, I last time I checked, and I had it up, and then I closed it. Classic Boston. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's even in the top, like, 150 right now. Oh, Jesus. Wait, who is it? Lori Markinen. Oh, the finisher, of course. The finisher. Yeah. Some of yeah, it is injury, but some of it is just not knowing what to do. The genius Jim Boylan's. Jim Boylan's ruining everyone except for zach levine yeah but even he doesn't want to be there but i mean zach levine physically doesn't want to be there but at least he's still putting together a solid fantasy production Lori markinen it's it's a bummer because obviously with a 40 i mean top 50 adp he had some high expectations this season and you just oh yeah you want to see young players develop and he he seemed like the the next in the ever growing trend of European big men who can shoot threes uh, and had a soft touch from outside, but yeah. And that just hasn't come to fruition this year. And if you drafted him, I mean, that's, that is a return that is absolutely soul crushing. And much like the whole entire bulls of season, you uh, while a wild disappointment. I still feel like if that team had ever been fully healthy at the same time and had even a mediocre NBA coach guiding them, they would have been a lot better. Um, The finisher was supposed to be like a B plus unicorn, you know, like Kristaps without the blocks and, um, and everyone I feel like sort of had a good feeling about the young, the baby bulls, the new baby bulls. Uh, just because it felt like the team fit, you know, Wendell Carter's in the middle and Laurie Markinen's outside and Otto Porter's there and Zach and it just, and Tomas Sadoransky. But the whole thing has been a complete and utter disaster, which is awesome. And I love it. Go Pistons. (laughs) Fuck you, Chicago. This Um, is awesome. Can I, can I fix Chicago this off season in one simple move? Actually, I'd rather you didn't, but go ahead. As a Midwesterner, yeah, I acknowledge you, you that have you to. Have the you have right. to. Right, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Fire, boiling. Oh, really? <laughs> I know. Shocker. Uh, go hire Kenny Atkinson, who's a fucking Ooh. good coach. <laughs> like I don't know what Brooklyn's That's... doing here. Call it the Kyrie effect of just getting everyone out, but uh. But Kenny Atkinson, look what he did last year with with D'Angelo Russell, who looked like an absolute mess coming from L.A. Reclamate, fixed that project. Got Spencer Dinwiddie playing well. Karis LeVert, like he took all of that young talent and developed that team into the frisky playoff team that ultimately KD and Kyrie were like, "Hey, this could be fun." Uh, so I, if the Bulls want to like fix everything, get a restart with their young talent. I'm just saying one easy move. Go get Kenny Atkinson. The guy is a good coach. He shouldn't have been fired from the Nets. Uh, I just fixed you, Chicago. I would not like that because he is absolutely an upgrade over Genius Jim. Uh, I have read some conflicting reports that maybe 
Atkinson left more than he was fired. I know that everyone's saying no. I think that's I think that's partially. I mean, honestly, I don't blame him. But yeah, I I think that that's. I think that was. It seemed like a one of those mutually decided to part ways. I mean, I don't remember something like this happening really since like Steve Fisher had to take over the Michigan basketball team right before we won the title in '89. Uh, where a coach just like dropped out right on the cusp or in the playoffs. It's, it's so strange that I feel like something else is going on. And when I first heard it, I thought, Oh man, this is bull- like some sort of bullshit player mutiny. And I don't know if it's coming from Kyrie or KD or one of the players that's actually sure. playing, but like no one should want to fire their coach right before the playoffs. So it seemed a little fishy. Um, like, even if you don't like him, you're about to go to the playoffs. Like you don't want some upset right away. Like even some of the bulls players defend Boylan and they're garbage. They should be throwing him under every single bus available. Um, But Atkinson has proven that he can, if not get the most out of players, at least have them play better and play smarter and sort of learn the fundamentals. He's done great work with Spencer Dinwiddie, um, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, right? Jared Allen. Yeah. It just seems, it seems like an easy fix because I don't feel like anything. It's not any of those single players. Like you want to, obviously you want to get the best out of them, but it's not as if like what we said, there was a lot of hype about the young bulls because they're a well-constructed team from a player standpoint, like from a skill set, right? Yeah, it works. It's not, it's not the, Cavaliers where you've got seven big men who all just crowd the paint or you've got the Knicks where it's like, we're going to sign all these power forwards and just not know how to play them. It's, it's a (laughs) well-constructed roster and it's just a coach who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing and seems like an easy fix to get a coach who does know what the fuck he's doing. And suddenly uh, guess what the polls are a playoff team. Yeah. Uh, having Boylan as a coach is an own goal on their part. Yes. Like you, he's clearly limiting the team. And even if he was a nice guy, and even if he seemed like he had some good ideas rather than the stupid bullshit, like pretentious old school basketball stuff that he does, it still shows that he is not getting anything out of this team when they are in the East and they should be beating a lot. I don't think that they're a playoff team, especially with the injuries, but they should be beating a lot more of these teams. Like they just don't look good. Totally. Uh, before we do studs and duds for the week, quickly, Natty gut feeling who wins it all this year. Well, my guts are full of shit, so it's hard <laughs> to trust them. I, I, think it will be the Lakers. Yeah. I think that the way the West is playing out is going to really benefit them because I think that in the West, the eighth seed, it's not going to be an easy out, but it's going to be the easiest out of any of the teams in the Western bracket. And I sort of feel like Anthony Davis up against Giannis is one of the better options available uh, out of all of the teams that could possibly going be going against Giannis. And I do think that Giannis gets to the finals, but I think it'll show that they haven't been there before and no one's smarter than LeBron. Yeah. He just, I mean, he's lost a hell of a lot of finals, but he will be, 
the smartest player on the court, the most experienced player on the court, and one of, if not the best player on the court. So I think that everything suggests that the Lakers have the advantage in the NBA right now. Yep, I agree. It's the one year that I'm okay with them doing so. It just, it would be a nice narrative uh, to, with Kobe's passing. Uh, yeah. And so I'm, I'm all right with it if, it if it was the year to do so. Plus they just look like the best team in the NBA right now. I mean, the Clippers on any given night can look like they're one of the best teams. But they're also but, any given night one injury away from that team. Just yeah. Like, no one and can I've, I've never thought that they're the overall right. best team. Right. I've never thought during this season, oh, shit, well, they'll definitely be able to beat the Bucks or the Lakers or the Toronto Raptors in a seven-game series. Um, I just feel like they – they need another year. I think that's what they look like. They look like a team that needs another year with all the pieces playing yeah. together. Um, and, you know, it's sort of weird to think that the Lakers roster construction is better than the Clippers. Like, I don't think that, but the Lakers just look better. Yep, I agree. Uh, let's quickly rattle off studs and duds because uh, Bert is getting restless in his crate. Uh, we do this every week. We've got someone who's going to have a strong fantasy week and someone who's going to have a bad fantasy week. Natty still in the lead 14 and eight, uh, but I'm closing in just two behind 12 and 10. Nice. This is the week that I will ultimately get you because I have two very successful picks. Uh, my stud, the sex man, that's his new nickname that I've given him. (laughs) Colin Sexton. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Why? What happened? Why? Why did he do something? Uh, Colin Sexton, the Cavaliers play the Hornets and the Hawks this week. Those are both nice, easy matchups. And so I like him to continue as he is the best fantasy producer. Well, best scoring producer on that team. He'll keep keep putting up the buckets. And he's looked better. Like yep. he looks like he's going to be a real NBA player. Give me your stud. I'm sticking with the theme. Mm-hmm. I am going with the point God who has a tough schedule. He's going up against mm-hmm. the jazz who have actually sort of looked not that great on defense yeah. recently. So maybe not uh, the T wolves. And then he gets an easy one against the, against wizards. the wizards. Yeah, right. But That's if it's nice... him versus Beal, then we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Chris Paul smells blood in the water and I think the thunder are going to end up having a nice little run here at the end of the season. I agree. Who's your dud? My dud. I hate doing this, but you know, got a man up. This is a competition. This is, this is how you keep the lead Natty. I'm going with Joker as my Ooh. dud. He has three away games over the course of. Uh, the rest of the week he is at Dallas then at San Antonio then at the Lakers yeah that's no fun yeah I think that's pretty tough and even though I love Joker and he's magnificent and he should probably get some down ballot MVP votes this year as well um, I just feel like those three teams are going to play him very smartly and very well I like it. I'm also going rather bold or not bold, but also a big name guy. We talked about how the bulls have been disappointing. Well, it doesn't get any easier for them. My dud this week is Zach Levine. Uh, 
they play the Magic, the Heat, and the Celtics to round out the week. All of those are not ideal matchups. Uh, and while Zach has been doing pretty well this year, uh, to say the least, I think he's going to struggle in this uh, for the rest of the week. You know, I thought about saying Kobe White as my dud mm. because of that schedule. Right. That schedule um, is not easy. Yeah, but Kobe White just keeps getting shots, like, no matter I what. I know. The dude is on <laughs> FOIA. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm i glad we didn't have the, the same the pick. Same yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, good on us. Uh, excellent. Well, there you go. That's uh, our way too early uh, NBA award. Suck it, Bill Simmons. Uh, make <laughs> no, sure. you're great. Everybody loves you, and we support you 100%. Everybody uh, wash your hands and be nice to your neighbor. Yeah, yeah. Definitely wash your hands. Make sure to subscribe <laughs> to the podcast where we're, we are where you all get to your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. We are there, the Fake Teams Podcast channel, so that's what you want to look for. Follow us on Twitter, at the Long 2 Podcast. Make sure to tweet at Bill Simmons so we can get this rivalry going. <laughs> Tell him that he doesn't know when NBA awards should be handed out. Uh, Natty, until next week, have a good one. Extend Jim Boylan. Have a good yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs>